Hello, I'm Austin Shin, and if all goes well, you are hearing this the day that this movie is being released on video, and that's the exact reason that I'm choosing to do this this way. Uh, this is a special solo mini-sode where I'm going to be discussing my thoughts on 10 Cloverfield Lane, which uh, came out in the spring, did modest business, um, but which is a movie that I actually wound up seeing twice, and I don't see a lot of movies in theaters twice anymore. Uh, trying to think I think the last one that I saw before this may have been Guardians of the Galaxy that was the last one I saw in theaters twice man look I just don't have that much money so yeah gotta, gotta go with what you gotta go with um, I'm an ordinary person here um, this is one though that I really 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 enjoyed and uh, so I'm just gonna give a few quick thoughts on it and Hopefully I can persuade you to hit up Redbox and see this, because this is well worth your time. Um, for those who are unaware, the uh, film, of course, came out, uh, the trailer came out in January with a, under a whole bunch of excitement. Nobody had any idea this movie was coming, and everybody's like, oh my god, there's a sequel to Cloverfield coming, and it's coming soon. And then it quickly became clear, it's not exactly a sequel. Um... I suppose I should briefly give my thoughts on why Cloverfield even excited people in the first place. You know, why the idea of a sequel to that excited people in the first place. In my opinion, that's the best of the found footage movies that we've ever gotten. Um, it really is. Um, and, I, yeah, Blair Witch has its benefits, and I still love Chronicle, even with the whole, you know, writer being who he is. But this one, Cloverfield really spoke spoke to me because it... Okay, a lot of movies have been using 9-11 imagery uh, of late. Very few movies have been using it in a way that understands it. And I think that's inevitable that you're going to use it. Uh, it left such a deep cultural scar, it has to be expected it's going to show up in our art. Cloverfield invokes it multiple times, and it invokes it in a way that actually understands it. And I'm not saying that was exactly what the filmmakers were going for, but it gives you a real sense of on-the-ground how do people react in a crisis? Um, I know that when the movie came out, a lot of people were complaining about, oh, he would have put the camera down. And then a few years later, we've had such events as uh, the Joplin tornado, which you're going to hear about on another cast soon, if not already, um, where people really and truly, that's what they do in disaster. They shoot. It's what human nature is. We want to capture this stuff on on video. And that's a real subtext to that film. Um I think Cloverfield is a smart movie. I think it is a proof that you don't have to be a very long movie. It's only about 80 minutes, and it just, just moves so fast. So I really love it, and I understand why there was excitement at a potential sequel, but this isn't really a sequel. Um, this is best described as, at most, it's set in the same universe, but even then, I'm not really sure. This movie makes me feel like we're getting parts of a grander story that we're just not quite grasping because we're only seeing it from a limited perspective uh, if you were to tell me that the events of this movie took place roughly contiguous with the events of uh, Cloverfield, I'd buy that I mean, it does. there are some hints that it's the same universe but it's not a sequel and what's interesting is how quickly the talk turned from, okay, it's not really a sequel to, oh, but it's still a wonderful movie in its own right, and it's still well worth discussing. Um, uh, the film stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who has had really some of the worst luck of anybody I've ever uh, seen with films. I think Bryce Dallas Howard might be the only person to even rival her in that area. Um, 
And of course, Howard finally showed up in a big successful blockbuster with, uh, okay, Spider-Man 3 was, but yeah, I, I hesitate to count that one. I've made it very clear how much I dislike that movie. Um, but, you know, Winstead has had just terrible luck. It's like if she shows up in a hit film, it's not it's not all that good, although I still like Live Free or Die Hard, and as time has gone by, she's kind of looked like one of the best parts of it. Um, you know, but she's been in such films as Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think. Uh, Death Proof, which many people consider Quentin Tarantino's worst movie, even though it's not. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, which is a great movie, but was a financial disaster. She just has had bad luck. Um... Here she finally found a project that seemed to fit her, because she's great in this. Um, she plays a young woman who's fleeing from her fiancé, and uh, we briefly hear his voice, um, which is actually kind of a spoiler as to what uh, what that voice sounds like. I'm not going to do that. I am going to say listen closely. Uh, you have a very good chance of recognizing it. Um, so she's on the run. She gets into a car accident. She wakes up in a cellar. Um, a disaster, uh, like a doomsday bunker is what it is. And she discovers that she's being chained to to a pipe. Um, and she, all of a sudden, uh, John Goodman walks in. Uh, he plays the man that saved her. <clears throat> and he reveals that there's been an attack, that the air outside isn't safe to breathe, but that she's safe down there, and that he's trying to save her life. And... Uh, after she uh, meets the third person in the uh, shelter, a um, bumbling but very sweet idiot uh, named Emmett, uh, played by John Gallagher Jr., uh, who is actually from Delaware but does a dynamite southern accent. Uh, like, he did such a good southern accent that he's supposed to be from, like, mid-Louisiana, I think. And that's what that accent sounded like. He really does an excellent job here. Um... Basically, at this point, the die is set, and the question of what's really going on comes into play. Um, now, between when the uh, first trailer hit and when this movie came out, I did read the script, uh, the original spec script that was sold, which was heavily reworked. I, you know, at least in terms of the basic premise, I knew that was going to come. Um, for one thing, uh, Winstead's character was, uh, I think, eighteen. Um, which was a plot point at multiple points in the story. Um, uh, also, uh, the character of Emmett uh, was uh, very different. Uh, he was much more threatening and much less trustworthy. Uh, Gallagher really does play him as someone that you know right from the word go is a safe. He's safe, and you do trust him. And <clears throat> it's it's interesting how much changed in those two drafts, or between that and the finished film. Um, the big change is that uh, Damien Chazelle, who wrote Whiplash, which oh, I love Whiplash so much. Um, really, I, I wish that had won Best Adapted Screenplay uh, at the Oscars that year, because that is such a great script. Uh, I love that film. And uh, he came on board to rewrite the script, and I think he, I get the impression that he really did heavily rework the project. Um, I mean, I don't know how much the original writers did in terms of reworking it. I do suspect, though, that most of what we're seeing is his, um, because there's major alterations to the narrative. Um, what was absent from that first draft that really shows up here is the idea of toxic masculinity. 
uh, Goodman's character, and Goodman is just on another level in this film. This is the scariest he's ever been. This takes that kind, likable image that we have of Goodman and destroys it, to be perfectly blunt. But in this movie, he plays it very different. He, he you know, in, in the initial drafts, though, his character was more just kind of a is-he-dangerous-is-he-not character. This movie adds the idea that he's subtly patronizing. Um, he subtly um, treats Winstead's character with, like, this childlike image. Um, there's a really terrifying scene that absolutely was not in the original draft, uh, at least in this form, where they're trying to get him to use to say the word woman to refer to her, and he just keeps coming up with all these childlike terms like princess or girl, and you realize it's because he sees her in this way. And uh, again, I have to tiptoe around spoilers because I stress I want you to see this movie. So you, so you have this interesting idea going on of, because he keeps repeating this phrase of, I saved you, I saved your life. And in another movie, he would that wouldn't be questioned, that wouldn't be looked at askance. But this movie really does want you to stop and go, okay, how much do we take the savior complex at face value? It wants you to question that, and it does a really good job with that. Um this is this 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 is really something special. I I, I need to stress that. Um, so you have all these ideas at play. The, the this idea of the um, you know of the savior complex, and again, there's the question of how much is really how much of what he's saying is true. It's not clear, um, and so that's one thing that I think is really interesting about the film. The other thing I think is so interesting is that the characters act rationally for once in this movie. Like, this, you know, Winstead's character, her first instinct is, I want to get out of here, and so she starts trying to get out immediately. I mean, the first 30 to 40 minutes of the film are her constantly finding ways to try and escape, and they're logical. They reflect someone who has intelligence and who is trying to do the sane, rational thing. The problem is this movie exists in a universe where that may not quite be the most possible idea. Uh, you know, that may not actually work. Um, it, it works because Goodman's character is smart, and when he does stop her, it's because he's just that much smarter. This is a very intelligent movie. This is, And I think that's what makes it so scary. And make no mistake, this is a very intense film. What makes it so intense is that everybody's acting rationally but they're acting rationally against each other, and you don't know where this is going to go, and I really enjoyed that. I really strongly enjoyed that, because stupid people, uh, Amanda has pointed this out before, watching stupid people in a movie gives her anxiety, and it gives me the, the same anxiety, because it's just like, you're not acting right, but everybody in this movie does for once. And it just doesn't matter because they're acting against each other and that's going to happen. I really, really, really loved this movie. Um, I, I, I really do have to stress that. I really thought this was something special. Um, in terms of other things that I would point out about this movie, um, as I think the characters are really strong. Um, I think the characterization is just, you know, it's, it, it, it's strong 
and it's subtle because we don't get a lot of details. We get only tiny details about these characters, but they are really strong. Um, a lot of that, I think, does lean into the fact that three actors are so very good. Um, I, I Seriously, Winstead has got to become an action hero after this because she is very good in that role. She's very, very plausible. Um, it's now about 10 years since I first saw her in anything. Uh, the, I'm not a big fan of Sky High, okay? But I know a lot of people are. But she really, she's really emerged into a, a superb presence. And uh, this is probably the best work I've ever seen her give. Um, I mean, I love Scott Pilgrim, but she's really little more than a prop in that, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so, yeah, she's great. Goodman, again, this is such a... This is such an interesting performance because it so much plays off of our subconscious sense of, well, that's John Goodman. That's someone who, he always is associated with these very warm, likable characters. And the movie kind of, the movie weaponizes that against you. It makes you go, okay, yeah, this is someone that you trust and someone that you like. That doesn't mean that he's a good guy. And I really, this is such, it's a good movie. Um... I also have to point out, this was the uh, directorial debut of uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who has previously done uh, some short films. Um, I'm not, I, I've, I've griped in the past about white, white guys jumping from stuff like that to major budget films. Well, this is a smaller budget film. This is the kind of film that I'm okay with someone being given a shot on. Furthermore, um, Bad Robot, the production company behind this, has recently begun an initiative to start trying to give women and uh, minorities uh, directorial shots and uh, casting and, you know, trying to get it right, you know, trying to fix the imbalance. And just to prove that, they've got two films that are uh, currently lined up. Um, so I really am applauding that. I think that's really proving successful. Um, and, of course, this film certainly, even though it's uh, written and directed by men, um, because it does have a strong female lead, um it's going to fit very well into what they're going to start to look like as a future production company. I, I really applaud them. Uh, again, if, if I had to come around to final thoughts on this movie, does it have some flaws? Well, it, it's, it's, it's a little rocky at, at times. There are a few lulls in there, and I, there are a few questions I'd like answered. I also know that the third act makes a lot of people angry. It didn't make me angry. But these are really minor things. Uh, what I like about this movie is so strong, and it's really so much of the film. It's really... This is going to be in my best of the year list at the end of the year. Um, right now, this is currently number one for me, to be perfectly blunt. Uh, even higher than Zootopia. Uh, this, is, this is number one for me, easily. This is an excellent film, and I really hope you get the time to see it. It's quick. It's you know, it's about a hundred minutes. Um, I just this is this is really good. And if there is a third Cloverfield entry, I hope it's as different from this as this is from the other one. I, again, I know this was an in-name only film, but I don't know that it's that in-name only in terms of how these two films make you feel at the end. They're they're both. They're both films that take on well-worn tropes, be it the one location or the found footage trope, and use them to really make some serious points, and I just I really loved this film. So uh, that's my recommendation on it, and I hope you check it out.